listener. Hi, and welcome to Broadsheet Melbourne Around Town. I'm Broadsheet's Editorial Director, Katja Vuckdal, and the host of this 10-minute guide to Melbourne. Today we're spending a bit of time in the city, first at an exciting new addition to the Arts Centre, and then we're going to hear about a new CBD store for a cult bakery, Black Star Pastry. Plus, we'll hear about big plans for Studley Park Boathouse. Power Cafe is a new Indigenous-owned cafe and bar at Hamer Hall of the Arts Centre. Broadsheet contributor Joe Ritty reported the story for us and is here to chat about it. Welcome to Around Town, Joe. Thanks, Katia. So Power Cafe is the new cafe at Hamer Hall. Uh, tell us about the people behind it. So the people behind it are Nioka Bundle, who is a proud Gunditjmara woman, and her husband, Vincent Manning. Vincent's actually a chef from the Isle of Man. And um, they joined forces a few years ago and they, just before lockdowns and COVID, they started Power Catering Company, which was designed to provide employment for Aboriginal uh, and Torres Strait Islander people, as well as to use native ingredients and to really hero those um, foraged and local ingredients. What was her background in cooking? So I guess um, she might not describe herself as a chef so much as someone who is really an advocate of those local and foraged ingredients. And she, her people are from that Gunditjmara region, which is up near Warrnambool, so it's southwestern Victoria. Uh, and her family grew up around there and she spent a lot of time camping and fishing and so on and a lot of time with her grandfather who who's actually Ivan Cousins and he was the man behind the first Gunditjmara uh, indigenous Dictionary. So um, that came out in 1996. So she spent a lot of time with him and she did a lot of cooking with him. He preferred Western food, but uh, as she grew older, she liked to weave uh, what she'd discovered about native ingredients into those Western foods and come up with her own things. How did power come then to be at the arts So power was originally going to be a pop-up. That was an idea they had with Hamer Hall to uh, have a, another venue for pre-show drinks or uh, somewhere for people to come during the day for coffees and so on. But over the two years of not being able to do anything, they had um, further discussions and they decided to open a more permanent offering, which is really great for people down there. It's, it's sort of easy food in a way. At the moment, they don't have a kitchen. So what they're offering is more of a picnic style grazing platter in the evening. So they do have their own gin, which is taka gin. Actually, interestingly enough, power means to cook in Gunditjmara and their gin taka means to taste. They also have a Bells Beach vodka and some local wines and so on. And then the grazing platters are using uh, local ingredients and foraged ingredients like green ant brie and they've got a red wine kangaroo salami and so on. That um, sounded good. That's, yeah. That's the one I want to try. Well, and it's not too gamey either. So it's just got nice pepperberry flavours in there and so on as well. The idea is that people can just come in and have a casual drink and look out across the water. What does the space look like? Is there anything in there that you think is worthy of mentioning? What I loved was there's this undulating, looks like maybe a rainbow serpent going round the front windows and the back screen behind the counter. It's actually symbolic of the eel, which was really important to the Gunditjmara people from Mount Emu Creek. Uh, and the eel, or that design, is reflecting the design that is on Neoka's mother's 
a possum skin cloak. So she has a beautiful possum skin cloak that has the eels on it because water is so important to their people that that was representative. And I actually saw that cloak. I went to the the Melbourne Museum uh, exhibit, which was about First Nations people's relationship with water and from Aotearoa, New Zealand, uh, Canada and Australia. And that cloak was there. So I sent a text to Nioka just to say, I've seen your mother's <laughs> cloak and now I understand why that image was so important. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like the kind of place that is is offering something really different for Melbourne and in such a central location, which is great, giving people the opportunity to try those kind of native and local ingredients and learn a bit more about um, the Gunditjmara people right in the centre of the city is great. Leaving South Bank and heading into the city, Black Star Pastry has opened its third Melbourne outpost on Driver Lane, just by Emporium. Nick Connellan is here to share the details. Hi, Nick. Hello. So the Black Star Pastry Empire continues to grow, and this is its most central Melbourne location yet. Mm. No, very sneaky about it. So I was actually shopping for things I couldn't afford at Acne like three days before this, right in Driver Lane, and saw nothing. Absolutely no sign of this. And then, of course, they dropped the news on us. Yeah, we're finally coming to the CBD. There's a lot of restaurant openings in this city that are telegraphed, if not a month before, months and months, if not a year. I kind of like that they did this a bit sneakily. Yeah. It suits them. So their other outlets are in St Kilda and Chadston. Uh, Do you know why they chose Driver Lane in particular? Well, I think number one is the centrality. Black Star is a pretty massive brand and they haven't had that central location before. And then also just being in the laneways of Melbourne. You know, if you want to open something iconically Melbourne, you go to the laneways. Yeah. So background for this, for those who don't know, Black Star Pastry launched in Sydney many years ago and it basically rose to fame, obviously off its very technical pastries, but there was one thing in particular that it really kind of rose to fame on, the watermelon cake. Oh, yeah. Like that, that cake has been called Australia's most Instagrammed cake and I don't think that's an exaggeration. It is The popularity of it is insane. So let's talk about this new Melbourne venue. It's housed in the city's former money order office. So it's got a big, very Melbourne, beautiful shop front. Can you describe a little bit what it looks like for those who are entering? Futuristic, but minimalist with white walls, a big stainless steel island bench, and then a halo light fitting. So it's quite a contrast to that antique regal looking exterior that they have in driver lane. I don't know how well you know the shop front's there, but it's kind of a big row of arched doorways. Yeah. And they look, even if they're not heritage listed, they look like they could be heritage listed. I guess the point of having such a minimalist outfit is that you really focus on the goods. It's a little bit like Loon, right? Which is very minimalist and you, all eyes then become on the croissants and the pastries. 100%. Same, Same thing here. So what can you get here that you might not be able to get elsewhere if that's even the case? Yeah, so we've got the minimalist interior, but God, some of these new items that they're doing exclusively for this store, they are not minimalist. <laughs> the big one that, that just blew my mind was a pina colada croissant. That one is a coconut croissant with sweet pineapple and then a cocktail umbrella stuck on the top, which is, you know, that's a lot of fun. That's good. There's two other croissant flavours that are exclusive to the store, which is pistachio dipped in strawberry chocolate and sprinkled with rose petals on the top and then another with hazelnut and ganache and chocolate stars. What about for those of us who don't have a particularly sweet tooth? They're doing a brioche with two types of mushrooms. So there's one with shiitake and champignon mushrooms um, and a miso bechamel sauce. And then there's another pastry that's also savoury, which is black cocoa pastry filled with matcha cream. So very creative, very interesting. Yeah, which is their DNA really. 
Yeah. So the, the guy who founded it, Christopher Tay, he has moved on, but I think his legacy of that creativity is really stuck around, hey? Yeah, that technicality and that precision and that focus on creating little works of art have definitely stayed with Black Star Pastry. Mm. Nick, tell us what's in store for Q's iconic Studley Park Boathouse. It's getting a $5.8 million renovation, which is huge. You've been there a lot. You spent a lot of time there. How does it feel to hear that something so iconic and longstanding is going to be changed? Well, ask our readers, mate. You should have seen them in the Facebook comments. I couldn't believe how passionate people were about it. Were they angry? Not angry, just, you know, oh, you better be careful here. Like, don't mess with the Studley Park Boathouse. I think there was one line in particular about the, it's got this iconic burgundy roof and um, weatherboards. And the article was talking about how they're going to be updated with something more modern, but, you know, sensitive. And I think people were a bit worried about that. So, For those who haven't spent time at the boathouse, do you want to describe not only the building, but just the environment that it's in? Mm. So it's in a kind of beautiful lush parkland right on the river's edge, kind of similar to Fairfield Boathouse, if if you've been there. It's a big kind of weatherboard building, um, lots of different wraparound balconies and, you know, serving tea and cakes. But I think both of these buildings, they're very old. So Studley Park is 160 years old. So it does look a bit tired. Yeah. There's huge plans to basically turn this into a dining destination. So who's behind it and what's in store? So the people who have taken over is Australian Venue Co, who've got the SB and the Prince Alfred and Fargo and Co in Richmond. So they've got quite a lot of pubs around Melbourne and Australia. And the plan is to kind of extend the eating area a bit down to the river. So it is more of an alfresco environment, but it will definitely retain that big kind of outdoorsy feel. And they're bringing in some fun little initiatives like um, rosé, go out on the on the rowboat with a bottle of rosé and kind of come back and have a picnic on the grass. So I think, yeah, they're fully leaning into that kind of boathouse experience that we, we love. Is there anything else uh, to do with the food and drink that's worth mentioning? Yeah. So the old cafe on the side of the building will reopen as the perch. Um, and that's going to be doing takeaway food, kind of like the existing kiosk is, um, and then weekend breakfasts for people who've been for a kayak and are a bit, you know, ready for a big feed. Um, and then there's also going to be wood-fired pizzas, which is nice. I think it's one of those things where, you know, anytime you go somewhere and you're looking for a really easy option, like to share between two people, a wood-fired pizza is always just so great. Yeah. Is there any sense of the date that this might begin, this refurbishment? Uh, the refurb's well well and truly underway, and so they've said they'll open in winter 2023. Quite soon. Okay. I look forward to seeing what happens, and thanks for chatting with us about it today, Nick. Thanks. That's it for today. You can stay completely up to date at any moment of any day at broadsheet.com.au or on Instagram at broadsheet underscore mel. I'll be back again on Monday. Same time, same place. Chat then. A listener production.